Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. We are coming to you from Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky. I'm Dustin. I'm here with my friends David and JD. What is up, fellas? Hey, hey. guys. Are y'all doing well? Doing, doing well. Have you had a fantastic week? Yes, but yeah. I'm excited to hear about your week, Dustin. Well, That's I, what I think we're we all about. have some things to report. I know, David, <laughs> David, you spent some time in London. Yes. Uh, this past week visiting that's uh, that's kind of crazy yeah walking around looking at big ben and looking for uh peter pan up on the <laughs> on the hands of the clock i didn't see him but yeah you know it's funny you sent me you sent us a a, a picture saying um um that from london with the double decker buses and all that stuff and i sent you immediately a picture back from london also <laughs> but at universal yes. studios um, yes. which was, was kind of cool. We did have the triple-decker uh, bus there in front of us, so <laughs> it's really cool. That's great. And, J.D., you were in school, but down in Florida, yeah. and I think you um, took a surprise quick trip back to the to Magic Kingdom. Is that correct? Yeah, yesterday we actually got to go to Magic Kingdom, did a quick day, just a one-day drive up, drive back. Uh, McKay and my wife didn't have work, so we were like, let's do it. You don't have class. We did. It was, it was really fun. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Before we, before we dive into all of our, our, our fun that we had in Adventures last week, is there any any updates or current events in the Disney News Department that we, we need to touch on? Or is has it been a pretty uneventful week? I know I have been less engrossed in the Disney News because I've just been so busy. You know how it goes when you're kind of on vacation. But um, have you guys seen anything or heard anything you would like to talk about? You know, I, I not- have- yeah, you, um, I didn't get to watch a lot of news this past week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, not a ton. Not a ton. I haven't seen a lot either. One thing that's really taken my social media by storm, I don't know if you guys have seen anything, but this new Lego Star Wars game. Um, yes. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Lego games. They're actually really fun. I, pre- I played them when I was uh, younger, especially the, the early Star Wars saga. It was a really fun game. Uh, and they've got other ones like a Batman, uh, a Indiana Jones. They do a lot of the big franchises. Um, but they just released a new one with literally all the Star Wars content on one game. And I watched some of the gameplay, and it looks really fun, and people are loving it. And it, people are talking about how nostalgic it is because these guys who played it when they were you know, 10 are now like 20, but they're having just as much fun, and it looks like a fun game. Yeah, we bought hey, did it. You s- oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, did you see the – did you see that Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary is coming? That trailer dropped this week, too. Did you see I it? I did. I did. And that, that was like, gosh, I need a free week where I can just camp out and <laughs> and just play Kingdom Hearts. Because I still have one more game of Kingdom Hearts. But I love that franchise. And I want to I beat it so bad. I wish that uh, Kingdom Hearts, they would release a, uh, like, just watch it version. Like, for people mm. that don't. I mean, it's just... It, I remember when you played it, there were just so many levels that took forever. And it was all about, you've got to hit the monster in just the right place, just the right amount of times. And it took forever to get it. And it's like, for all of us who just really want to read this, follow the story, I wish there was a, hey, here's the watch version. You know, just here, watch the story. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. No, I agree. It's such a fun game. And even like like what you're saying right now, I wish I could play the first games again, but just watch them through and do things like that. They've had some comic releases and they've released some books, but I agree like a, a cinematic release of the games because they already right. have so many good clips, but just putting all right. the clips together and releasing them on YouTube, which I, I know they have some things like that, 
but doing that for all of the games, I, I think would be a lot of fun to revisit. And, and enjoy. Especially for the old games that, you know, I could understand not wanting to give the secrets away t- to the new game, but I wish that they would go ahead and release the old one. So you could just watch and oh, that was what I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fun. I love Kingdom Hearts. It's such a for people who don't know what Kingdom Hearts is, it's this really, um, really immersive, fun game where it actually came off from another franchise called Final Fantasy, uh, which is based from Tokyo. It's a Tokyo-made game, uh, but they made a partnership with Disney where. It's these Final Fantasy characters, but they kind of go through Disney worlds. And uh, the first game, you go through Peter Pan, and you literally fight alongside Peter Pan, uh, Tarzan. Uh, the whole time, you're accompanied by uh, Donald and Goofy, and they're like your sidekick, who are your friends. And you're, and then there's also King Mickey. And it's just a really fun game for all those uh, video game lovers who have always dreamed of uh, partnering up with Hercules and all your favorite Disney movies. That's why I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, I was surprised in the trailer. I didn't see any Disney characters until the very last. You see Donald and Goofy. Did you oh, see yeah. that trailer? It was it was a long trailer, and it okay. showed different things that were coming out. and And the style of the games in the trailer that I saw looked different. But I'm not sure. You know, I, it was off a Disney fan uh, website that I saw the trailer. So I'm not sure if what I saw was the official trailer or was something else, but not until the last second did they show Donald and Goofy. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. We should, uh, we but should a do lot a of podcast different... episode on Disney video games. That'd be yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, I remember, uh, the first thing we ever played was Disney's Haunted Mansion game. Yeah. He was he was really little, and that was on, like, Game GameCube? It was the on a PS, PlayStation 2. Oh, it was PlayStation 2. Okay. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that was we, we would turn out the lights and play it, we would. Play it in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> was telling pretty, McKay. Yeah, I was it telling was a good game. That story. Yeah, it, it was wasn't, a good game. It wasn't based on the Eddie Murphy movie, but it came out somewhere around that time because we were playing it a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, yeah, was really talking- Haunted Mansion immersive. Like, it, a lot of things from the Haunted Mansion are in it. Yeah, I mean, so spooky, and it was like a mystery-based game. That's why I was, I was actually joking with McKay because we were writing Haunted Mansion yesterday, and I told McKay that story about how when I was young, and before I could really even play video games, you would play, and then we would try and solve the mystery together. And like that was like a fun thing where we would get snacks, we'd get popcorn, and we'd camp out and play video games. So I was like, look, McKay, if you're ever wondering why I love video games so much, it's because I have these core <laughs> memories of having a happy place with video games, and it's like a fun thing because it was like a, it was like you're solving this problem, you're solving this big puzzle and problem of how to get through this maze and how to solve this problem and get out of the haunted mansion. Um, so that's like a thing about video games that most people don't really see when they look at these action video games like oh it's just violence and killing where it's like okay this is actually teaching a lot of young uh you know students or whatever how to solve these complex problems and that's what it was fun for me when i was young yeah those were fun that 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 era of games there were a lot more puzzle mystery based as opposed to thumb 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 (laughs) where you're just trying to you know, blast something. Mm-hmm. I liked it a little bit more. It was a better, it seemed like a great combination back then. That was, yeah. that was probably the one thing about kingdom hearts that as I, as it's, as it flipped and it went from me, me, you watching me play to me watching you play. It just seemed like they were kingdom hearts. At least those first games were so 
uh, was less about mystery and puzzle and more about mm. how to kill, how to blast the monster. And it, you know, maybe I was wrong, yeah. but that's what it seemed like when you were little. Yeah, I think Kingdom Hearts. It's got a good mix. You know, it's got. A, I those are my favorite games. That have a good mix of that. Okay, figure out how to make the coolest actions and do the coolest, you know, fight things. But then also a, a storyline of okay, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm looking at my characters and things like that, which Kingdom Hearts does a really good job at. Yeah. I saw too. Right. Moving on from video games, I'd love to do a yeah. uh, podcast all on Disney games experience. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I think it'd be a lot of fun to talk about. Um, but moving on from that for a second, the, another little bit of Disney news I saw that was was interesting, and I didn't really see a, a, a report on this, except I saw ads about Disney Plus subscribers um, can save up to twenty five percent on rooms at select Disney resorts. Oh yeah, I did. Have y'all yeah. seen that? I did see that. Oh no, wow. I didn't see yeah, that. That was an interesting thing. And and I got to thinking, like, I don't is that is that a way to boost Disney Plus subscribers? Or is that a way to boost um because I mean pretty much if if you're who's not a Disney Plus subscriber at this point, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. that would be going to Disney World. And, or is this a way to get Disney Plus subscribers to the park? You know what I'm saying? Or or both. What do you think? I, mm. I don't know. I want I thought I those thoughts went through my head when I saw that ad. Well, I could mm. I'm surprised they're. I was just surprised that you know that was an offer because I thought the same thing. A lot of people are already Disney Plus subscribers. So do you I mean, think what they're? A, what a great thing! I mean, that's such a great idea. I mean, when you <laughs> own so many different things, I think that's great that you can do that. I've right now again saying I went to the park yesterday. I can't imagine them having any shortage of having people stay or be at the parks. But again, I don't really know those numbers that well. Well, that's interesting. Like, I, I got yeah. me thinking if they're if you're discounting rooms, yeah, is that it? Is that an indication? And it's for us, like, July, I think it's I'm looking, I just looked it up. It's July 8th through September 30th of this year. Like, if you have to stay during that time, mm. um, that's summer though. That's a big that time. That is still summer. It, it makes yeah. me think, why would you? Is that an indication that maybe, maybe, maybe resort stays are a little slow or we're slowing down? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to. They're know. all open really now. Is. All they're all open yeah. now with uh, with uh, all star sports opening up. That's everything. It could so. be preemptive. Also, I mean, we got more terrible economic news today. That inflation is just yeah. every record it breaks. The next month it breaks it again, and um, a lot of people think that the next. You know, we're about to head into some difficult economic times. Maybe even right. the R word recessions coming, and this could be Disney getting ahead of that a little bit. Um, yeah. Hoping that stuff doesn't slow down, but you know, if you, you know, wages are not keeping up with price increases, and that eventually is going to has to slow down the leisure economy, right? That usually the thing yeah. that cuts back first is how often you spend money on on discretionary things like going to movies and going out to eat, going taking big vacations or cutting back on vacations. Where maybe like if you were going to go to Disney and stay at the resort, maybe now you stay at a budget hotel. You just everybody starts to scale back a little bit, and I wonder if they're starting to feel a little bit of the effects of that. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I definitely for the first time the, the past couple of years have stayed off property more uh, because I haven't felt the uh, benefit of staying on property like we used to. We're, and I, my kids are older. Uh, we can we can get to the park easier than we used to when it was really important to be on property. Um, there's there's just more there's just more options now than it felt like. And so 
even though you it's it's very nice to be in the immersive bubble of of the Disney hotels. Um, there are so many that are getting so close now that you kind of have it doesn't feel like you you go out of it. Even, right. I mean, if you're if you're if you're ten minutes into the park, um, it, it's tempting to to not to save that money, if especially if you're having long days in the park all day and you're not spending a lot of time in your hotel. Uh, I've been I've been really pleased with some of the places we've stayed that I was. I mean, couldn't even believe that they were that close. And of course, with uh, John David having his car there, and he as a pass holder, we have parking. Uh, it's it's just so fast. And if it even even if we didn't have that, we could Uber and be in there in ten minutes. Yeah. So it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, if yeah. I could see, but uh, I think that it's going to be interesting to watch this year. Um, the first full year, if everything stays open and we don't have any more craziness. Uh, what the patterns are because it really has seemed like January, February and March were way more crowded than I remember the parks being. And I, I've, you know, why, even when I'm not there, I'm kind of looking at the, at the wait times on rides and that things are an hour long over every day, every day. You just don't see a lot of breaks in the, in the splash mountains, uh, space mountain. Those, those rides are having, really long lines and used to be you, you could go in February and miss some of that. And it's, so is it flipping and that people are real are learning don't go in the summer because it's so hot and they're, they're taking their kids out of school earlier in the year and going. And so maybe they know, Oh, we're not, we're not, you know, we've had such big crowds. Maybe they're anticipating that some people aren't going to be there for the summer. Um, yeah. It is, a you know, I don't, but I think we we won't know till we look back on it what what was going on. Yeah, well, it, yeah. So you go ahead. No, go ahead, Dave, John David. Well, I was just gonna my input on that. Just and the more I think about the whole possibility of these resorts maybe not being full, and I'm thinking like maybe why that would happen. The thing, a, a thing that I really do analyze with Disney a lot is even when they do do these discounts on resorts uh, and stays and things like that. Disney, the more I watch it, the more I realize Disney's always kind of doing something, some deal in some way. Uh, I, I'll get a notification about a Disney cruise being 15% off and a, a hotel stay in these select months being this percent off. Um, I think that's a great promotional tool. But for me, and I think maybe a, a, a lot, a big majority of the rest of some of these Disney fans, that's great to kind of fantasize about. But when you're looking at like the Floridian or the Contemporary, 15, 20% off a, a night. It's like, is that really going to make me, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, this is a great deal. You know, I'm I just do looked it, it up because uh, I, I was looking for the fall, even in the fall, like in October, the state yeah. of contemporaries, $1,500 a night. Oh, God. I mean, and in, in, in the new inflation numbers that they just released this morning, hotel prices are at the top of the list of the increase in inflation. Like, it's yeah. crazy expensive. Plane tickets too are, are crazy. Um, yeah. And you, but so you start. You're right. But twenty five percent off of fifteen hundred dollars is a decent chunk of money. But it's still a lot of money. Yeah, it's still I, a lot of money. You may be right. This could just be like Disney. It, it could be a couple things. One, it could be um, a battle back against the perception that they're they're starting to um, be. Um, um, they're too expensive and they're gouging customers like we've talked about so much on this podcast. They're responding to Chris. So, oh, here's a deal for you. You know, that kind of thing. Or it could be, and I actually think this is probably more likely, this could be an indication 
of bigger things, not at Disney, just of the economy, that they see some internal signs of slowdown, which um, which could be an indica- in, indicator about what's coming economically for us. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll yeah. find out, though. I think you're right. Hey, I think it's definitely a larger scale thing. But one one last thing that I noticed again when I was here last time, me and my wife, we ate at the Floridian Cafe because we wanted to escape the heat. And one thing that did surprise me about the resorts that I took note of um, that's different than the parks, are there still restaurants in the resorts that aren't open? Like mm-hmm. high-scale resorts, cafe spots, uh, just small little things. So that's one thing that might would decrease the – like that, you were saying the the pull to stay at a in bubble resort because you could stay on, off property and have just as many options of places to eat. Yeah. Uh, and two, a big point that people are still saying, especially when you look at the DFBs, the big um, the big Disney uh, social media accounts, they're still noticing that they haven't brought the Disney dining plan back which is an also a big part of staying at a resort as a, a big incentive to saving money and getting that kind of all-inclusive resort feel of being inside the Disney bubble. You're still not really getting that um, by just staying at a resort. So that could be another big component. Uh, but it does not, I do think it's something probably bigger than just a Disney thing. Interesting. Yeah. You were going to say something, David. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask when you said you said fifteen hundred dollars a night for contemporary when you looked it up. Well, it may have been the week I chose. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But it was. And were you were you doing that for a family of six? Yes. Okay. So That's it could a, have been because I, I was like, wide. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but there That's was bigker than I look at. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's I, not. And um, even even the the budget resorts like the All Star and the the sport all that all that stuff was was like way more expensive than I remember it last time I checked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I checked hey, well, the summer and I checked the fall. You know, in February, what, February when I was down there, I flew to from from Nashville to to John David for forty five dollars. Well, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the way you do it. that. That's not gonna. That's not gonna. That's well, not that gonna happen a, a anymore. Travel hack. Did you fly to West Palm? So actually, he, I flew actually, to Fort Lauderdale. So you, and he, think, then we drove up. There's a travel well, hack for people right there. You could look at airports that aren't in Orlando. Yeah, right, but I'm saying I bet I bet that flight's not there anymore because everything's changed. That's this is before all the world the, the things we're dealing with with Ukraine and prices, prices going up. Sure. That was right before all that hit and so uh, everything's gone up. I think mm-hmm. that's I think that is something we're going to deal with whether it's inflated in reality or it's uh it's just businesses taking advantage of the the times and raising prices. I don't know, but things are things are going up. <laughs> yeah, but in, in normal circumstances, though, I would that would be another great hack. Though, I mean, that you flown into West Palm Beach and Fort Lauderdale, and if you're already planning on renting a car, I mean, that is just another simple way of if Orlando is just skyrocketed crazy numbers, it might would be worth just looking at. Um, if you maybe, I mean, it's that's another great or thing. Tampa maybe you want or Tampa or Sarasota or Fort yeah, Myers. You, but or, it, yeah. especially if you want to pair like a beach trip with it. I mean, that's a great idea to just consider. Um, let me ask you yeah. this. I'm just curious. What are the benefits you get for staying on property at Disney right now? I know used to you got the magic hour. You got the, uh, is it free, pa- is it the fast, what all, what you all did you get? So they used to do the fast pass thing. Um, you got now. a lot of you got a lot of perks. 
You got if you were saying yeah, if you were staying in a property, you, you could get yeah. your fast passes. Like was it sixty days, and everybody else could get theirs like thirty days. Uh, it's changed so different times now. now. You, you used to be able to go in and get extra hours. Now, now what they do is if you're staying in, you get, I believe it's you get 30 minutes early at any at any park you choose. So basically, you get the jump on like one attraction before they open it to everybody else. Is there any dining? I know used to you couldn't get the dining plan unless you stay at the resort. Um, the um, magic bands were tied to resorts. Is all that true? Like, there was a lot of stuff or reasons to stay there. What are the reasons now? Well, you know, I, that's I'm not as I'm not haven't used any of them. So it's I know it's less than there used to be. There's no dining plan incentive right now. And what I used to like is if you were staying in the it when you were staying in the resorts, especially if you were staying in one of the big resorts, you would get discounts and things off the dining plan. The first time we did the dining plan, it was completely free if you were staying in uh, one of the monorail resorts. And I, I, I can't even imagine they'd ever do that now. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, 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 that was, that was after the first recession. I mean, that's, that's after the recession of like 28, this is like talking 2010, 2011, 2012, when they're trying to build back from that, from that slump. And I felt like they uh, probably, it always felt like they're just trying to keep the restaurants going. They're trying to keep the people paid. So if we give it free, I mean, you're in there, you're paying, you're still paying quite a bit, even when the, when the, when the dining plan is free, you're still paying those, those gratuities. So you might, so you the, might if the meal's five hundred dollars, you're still paying that server. You're putting down fifty to seventy dollars to that server. So I mean that that that's a smart thing because it keeps everybody paid. I think too the gap between what I experienced last week at the hotel we stayed at. We did not we were went to Universal. We did not stay at a Universal Resort. We stayed right off property, literally like less than a mile from the front gate. And the hotel was great. It did a couple things. It was a Hilton property, which I could, I get points or could use points on, right? Um, so there's that incentive. Then it's so close. Then it's really nice. It slept six and had a kitchenette. Like it's a, a premium, you know, place. And then their breakfast was incredible. Like they they just incentivize. They know they're competing against what they're competing against, and they're setting up to take that away from the parks. And the better they the better get at that, that as, as things, and, and they can, and the price is crazy. That I, I could see a world in which the theme parks will have to like really incentivize um, staying on the resorts even more. Now there are, if you're really close, I totally the obvious the obvious answer for Universal or Disney is if you're at a monorail resort, like you're at the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary or the Polynesian, you literally are steps from Magic Kingdom, right? There's there's a, it's like real estate location location location, and the same at Universal. So they have the three resorts that are, are water taxi or a walk, a sidewalk walk away from the front gate of and you're in Harry Potter world. I, I totally get that and people paying a premium for those things. But beyond that, um, you know, I'm just not seeing a lot of a lot of reason to, to stay on site. Um, yeah. So when so we did bring. Did you Go guys ahead. discuss, did you guys say, so at Disney, they finally did bring back, they don't really have the whole me extra magic hours, but they have a 30 minute window of early entry. Uh, that's right, really the right. biggest thing right now, which right now with that and how crazy the, the crowds have been, you can at least do one or two big ticket things, um, which is nice. Well, they have the hour early at Universal. 
for okay. their resort people. But here's a little secret and a little tip. Um, we went for rope drop one day while we were there. And um, they let us in at, it was supposed to be nine o'clock. We were in the park at eight and eight forty. So all those people that got the free hour really got 40 minutes on us because they were letting everybody in at that point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's, hap- that's happened to us before. We've gone in. I, I specifically remember rope dropping at Animal Kingdom, and they let us in uh, early. It might be due to, like, they see the numbers, and they're like, yeah. you know, we're, we're not in any problems for the first hour of the part, you know. Right, and they, and they, don't, they don't want the line to back up. Right. right. They don't want they that. Don't, they want to keep want people to keep moving. moving. So that's, that's I think sometimes, sometimes I mean, they don't want, they don't want a traffic jam, jam right at park right opening. I think that's one reason they push people on through, even if it's just to go a little bit further in the park. You might not be able to get on an attraction, but you've moved further into the process. But yeah, you know, one of the things I definitely remember as when when my kids were preschoolers, I've talked, I think I talked about this before. I mean, we we would try to stay on property, even stay in places like, uh, uh, all-star, all-star, the all-star, all-star resorts. resorts. I mean, man, it was yeah, like, when you have like three, uh, an elementary and two preschoolers and you've got the double strollers and all the things you need for kids and you're trying to get on that bus. It was so, uh, it was so, uh, just stressful sometimes. I think that's what we finally just said we're doing it. We're going to at least one time do this monorail resort and it was a it was like a game changer like the next time we went back we were blown away like how much easier it was but we didn't have all the options that we have now i mean we didn't have uber we didn't have those those services that drop you right off at the gate so now i'm you know that's a that was a bit that was the biggest incentive to me it wasn't so much the food it was how can i get my family from my hotel into this park with as little stress as possible yeah. and so when that you know for us that 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 is eliminated now cuz we're just we're in a different stage of life so sure. now it's like all those i'm looking i you know if i saw that the the dining plan was coming back or they say we're going to give you 33 and a third percent off that hotel but 25 doesn't sound that large to me yeah it does like john davis said for the for the amount you're paying that doesn't feel like a huge a huge incentive to me like they probably think it should be yeah it's great if you've already made up your you're you're, you're going to go anyway you're saving 25 well, percent. that's great Let's let's talk about let's we both had some theme park things. Let's talk about this a little bit. And yeah. while we're starting, let me tell you if you're looking for a deal and you're in education at all and you are in a position where you can take a group, a student group, um, you can get some incredible rates um, at Universal. Um, and we we took advantage of that and were able to bring a, a group of of uh, high school and middle school students from our from our church for a week. And I, I hosted and led the group, and Universal was incredibly accommodating. Their team and group sales department was great. Incredible value um, for the for being there the whole time. And man, we had an, a fantastic week. Um, so there are there are ways and deals out there. And I think like you know, I, I know a lot of people who we talked about before on the on the on the podcast that have been down for cheerleading competitions or. Um, there was a group down last week for softball or baseball teams or whatever. And they try to set up Disney group groups, you know, or, or universal group um, tickets to go to those things. And those are very popular probably because there's such a, such a good value. Um, And and, what's uh, that minimum number? Um, What's that minimum number for a group? I, I, on my contract, I just pulled the contract up 
because we had a yeah. few extra tickets that we're sending back for refunds. And um, uh, I, on the contract, it said 10. Okay. Um, but wow. I think it, but on the website, it said 15. So I'm not okay. sure. They do have stipulations about like, you cannot have more chaperones than you have uh, students, <laughs> that kind of thing. And um, they also, Universal does a thing where for every 20 tickets you buy, you get two free complimentary chaperone tickets. So wow. that, that's pretty awesome too. Um, yeah. But it, it yeah, was great. It was a great value. Easy to do, easy to work with. Um, they were super helpful. And um, there's a few things you have to be an organization and you have to – prove you know a lot of things but it, it worked out great and was super great and we had a fantastic week overall it's great yeah i'm was, awesome. i was so excited you got to go because it's been a while since you've been right and, and it's the first time your kids have been down there and i was envious because i've been every time i've been to universal uh i think it's been like a two-day trip maybe we did a three-day trip the time we when we stayed in a, a universal property but uh, you were there for five days right yeah Stay there five days. We had park wow. to park and the and the water park. We did the water park one day, um, which was awesome. I, I remember when I was a kid when Universal first opened. Right, I, I've been it, it opened when I lived there. Like so, I've been there not day one, but that first year it was opened. And the vast it used to you did, couldn't spend a, like there wasn't a whole day's barely a whole day's worth of stuff to do. Now it is the it you could probably do most things in one park in a day, but you can't, you couldn't do it all. Like, especially if you got little kids and you need to do the little stuff too. Um, it now is a multi-day thing and they've done a fantastic job adding attractions. And now like we talked about before JD, they have some, some can't miss attractions. I yeah. think if you go to Orlando and you're a theme park lover, there's some things at universal now that you have to do. You just have to do it. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not a <laughs> Harry Potter fan, like yeah. some of the stuff in in, in um, Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Diagon Alley are like nothing else you've experienced. And even if you had no idea who Harry Potter was and never picked up a book, never watched a movie, there's some rides there that will blow your mind that you've never seen like anything like them before. And um, it, and that's what it is. Uh, theme parks are supposed to immerse you and capture your imagination, and and Universal is doing an incredible job with that. Yeah. Can you imagine if they ever get the Harry Potter? hotel experience opened what that will be like if think about if they you could people could be going around the hotel with their wands and all those games you even play in the park i mean surely they'll do that at some point it's gotta I, happen you would think so it's just money <laughs> on the table for sure it was definitely the most consistently most crowded part of the park um yes. i mean even just walking through there you're just all there's people yeah. shoulder to shoulder it is it's hectic, very hectic. I, def I definitely think if you are a, a Harry Potter fan, you can spend two full days in in those in those areas because there's so much to see and do. And if you really love going and finding all the Easter eggs and all the props and the you know uh, you know finding creature and all these different characters that are hidden around the park, uh, it can take two full days because of the crowds, especially yes. if, if if lines get up to an hour for the major attractions you're gonna you're gonna need that amount of time and just to feel immersed and not feel rushed and if you like you your your guys did if you buy the ones yep. and you're running around trying to do all the spells and the windows you've got to have two full days that's why i think universal a five-day trip sounds like a dream yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, Dustin, can you break that down? Because I'm not really familiar. Definitely the wands has definitely always been a bucket list thing. 
But tell me, did you buy the wands there? Did you go around and just hope to activate things? How does how does the wands work at Universal? So we, knowing in advance that the wands were interactive and there was a lot to do in the park, it, and I admit the one time, I, um, last time, the last time I went about 10 years ago, we saw the Ollivanders thing, um, Wyatt was too young to really know what was going on. So he, he was like two at the time, but we saw it. So I knew it was really cool because I had experienced before. And my kids had money that the grandparents had given them and they'd saved money um, to buy, specifically to buy wands. They all wanted wands. And, uh, you know, I thought going in, they were like going to be 40 bucks plus tax. They're 60 bucks, just so you know, plus tax, Uh, maybe $69. I don't know. Something like they're not cheap. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, but we went straight, I mean, literally we go to the park and we go straight. No, we stopped at the Dr. Seuss ride because there was no wait on the way in (laughs) and we did cat in the hat. Then we went to Ollivander's first thing we did. Um, we saw the ceremony. My kids were not picked, but we saw it. And then um, we go in, they buy, they picked out their wands. Two of my kids, uh, well, one of my kids didn't, Wyatt, he's the oldest. He didn't buy a wand yet. He was with his his um, his student friends and they were doing their own thing, right? So I imagine next trip he might he might get a wand. But my three younger ones, my 10-year-old, my, my eight-year-old, and my six-year-old um, all bought wands. The two youngest, one got a Death Eater um, um, <laughs> wand. One got the a Malfoy, what, what's not Drake, which Malfoy? Narcissus, ma- narcissus, what? Narcissus <laughs> Malfoy. He's over here. He's okay, like, the mom. Out. We got, we got two, uh, you know, uh, um, dark Slytherins. arts wands, Slytherins, and then Soren, my ten-year-old, he got the Hermione wand. He thought it looked the coolest with the vines and stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And and um and so uh, they that was all, and we went immediately out of there and tried them out. You know, you go and they wanted to find the Slytherin um, ones have a map of both parks in it okay. and that tell you where everything is. Um, also, they're blacklit. So when you go to the, the Diagon Alley to the Nocturne Alley, which is the dark arts section, which is kind of hidden, and you kind of got to find it, the black lights like reveal stuff on the map too. Like it's wow. so incredible. Oh my gosh, and we spent, awesome. like we would just sit sit there and we, Danielle and I would sit there while the boys would go wave their wands. And my kids, you don't have to say the spell, but my kids would say the spell while they're yeah. doing it. What, you know, I don't even know any of them, but they would do it. That was awesome. So were they automatically um, like started up when you buy the wands? Like when you go back to the park, can you use them, or how does yes. that work with activation? Yeah. So they're not. It's not. There's. It's. It. My understanding is it's like there's just infrared um, sensor in okay. the end of the wand okay. because we had one that broke. Like they t- like um, one of my kids had scraped it on the concrete and scratched it. And it wouldn't work anymore. So we had to go back to Ollivander's and do a wand repair. And they go back there and they repair it for free and hand it back to you. Um, oh, but wow. through that, we learned that it's some sort of sensor. And when you look at the camera, like we figured out and my kids, when they wouldn't work, if you have to, you there's like a camera, like an infrared camera, and you find it kind of hidden in there. And if you point at that, it works a lot better, right? Um, and so it's something where in the end of your wand, the camera senses and tracks it. And it's like a motion, kind of a mouse sort of thing. So it's not like a computer that like talks to it or interacts. It really is. It sees it. I okay. think you're overthinking wow. it. I think it's magic. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, you're right. It's exactly. It has to be magic. That's what it is. That's a, that's a good point, though. So, again, I, I, being a Disney lover and always being around Disney cast members, you know, you go to Galaxy's Edge and everybody stays in that character of if you ask a question, they're using the terminology of you're in Galaxy's Edge. 
when you're in Ollivanders and stuff like that and you're asking questions about wands, do they use like Harry Potter terminology or are they like, yeah, I can fix it. I can fix this sensor or something like that. Like how does that, how does that differ? Yeah, nobody said sensor. They just went back in the <laughs> yeah. back and repaired it and handed it back to you. They try to keep character. Now, I did notice, and if there's, this is the one tiny critique I had, that, right. and maybe this happens at Disney from time to time too, but the employees, let me tell you, were great. Like, they were great in character. You know, there was one that were explaining about this one has a drag, a, a tail feather of a unicorn, and, you know, they're telling you all that stuff as you do it. And... um but there were a couple of times where there were a couple employees who were just like, eh, you know, that. And that's always gets you, I, as a dad and someone who, as we talk about this, I'm looking for that sort of thing. And I remember there was one time we were at the Hogwarts station, right? And um, an employee had just walked up and it said, yeah, I clocked in at 10 and, and uh, my break's in 15 minutes or something. <laughs> like, when do, you, when do you come on? They were talking about the shift. Mm. And I'm like, this is very much not, they're not supposed to do that, Right. Um, no. however, then I remembered I'm in a train station. If this were a real train station, <laughs> this yeah. probably would be happening all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it is realistic. I don't know. Maybe this is the one place where they could talk about it's break time. I, go get some coffee, you know, kind that. of deal. I love those yeah. stories. The one of the funny stories of, I remember we were back in Tennessee. Um, I guess we were doing a family trip at an amusement park. I talk about Dollywood a lot cause that has some great rides, but I remember I have this funny memory of, we had just had a Disney trip, like a great a great trip. And then we went to Dollywood like the month later and there was like a show going on and a guy was juggling pins and it was, he was doing it great. And then all of a sudden a phone rings. Everyone's like, Who's, whose phone is ringing? And it was the performer's phone was ringing. <laughs> literally, literally pauses while he's juggling, pulls out his phone, checks his text messages, turns off his phone, puts it back in his pocket and then starts juggling again. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not in Disney world anymore. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. That's hilarious. The magic. No, but the, in, in Harry Potter world in particular, I call it Harry Potter. I know it's not called that, but in the Harry Potter sections of the park, it's so immersive. And the guy in front of the um, in front of the hog, the the, um, the, the train station, it's what is the Hogsworth Express, the Hogsmeade station in particular, was um, was very interactive and like welcoming people up and had the accent and the whole nine yards, and it was great. The food service workers and three broomsticks, you know, there was super awesome and and very much in character just overall like I, I don't know if there's a more immersive place that i've been to than 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 that um yeah. it was fantastic and so we honestly you, uh, you could you're right david we could spend two full days in harry potter like just exploring that but we spent right. the most of our time there and in, in sometime every day in both of those parts right. i mean if you're going to go to the ice cream shop and the joke shop and and you go, I mean, especially if you watch the shows, I mean, the outdoor shows and things, that just takes quite a bit of time. You said um, you went to the Three Broomsticks. Did you take John David's advice and get the feast? Yes, we got the feast. Did you really? We got the great feast and butterbeer. And yeah. I, I ordered one extra corn on the cob because there was five yeah. of us in our group. And um, and that we threw away a lot of food. Let's just put it that way. It was great. It's, like we it's so much ribs, chicken, rotisserie chicken. There's roasted potatoes. There's like a broccoli and carrot. There's a, a corn on the cob for everybody. A full salad that we could barely dent. And yeah. uh, it was for a, you know two adults and three kids under ten and under. It was too much food. Like it was amazing. And mm. but it was still cheaper than getting a slice of pizza over at the the Fantastic Four Cafe. So yeah. it was great, like a great meal, great call, John David. And then sitting there yeah. in the middle of that and, ex and experiencing all two is really cool. 
Yeah. Well, tell me about, uh, we talked a lot about the Harry Potter, which I still think is just the most immersive. Uh, I, I, I enjoy Galaxy's Edge. I think it's great. But there's something about Harry Potter is that you are, you are in the story that you've always known. And you're in the movie just as you've seen it. There's, it's yep. not a new land. It's a, it's a nostalgic walking into my kid's childhood. Um, but tell me about the rest of the park because uh, you guys got to do a lot of things, a lot of roller coasters and things that I haven't done in in quite a while. So what were your, what would be your top? I mean, you can count Harry Potter as well. But what were your top three or three to five favorite things that you did? So, and I don't want to, I don't want to keep getting back to Harry Potter, but it was the first, when you rode the train over the first night we were there, um, we finally, me and the kids and my wife rode the train over to Universal Studios. It's the first time we'd ever done that, which was an, I didn't realize you get your own car, you get your own cart, you know, it's just so much like, it's so realistic right and then the little scene when you go there's just a really cool you get to if it's middle of the day and you're tired you get to rest you get to sit down it's air conditioned it's awesome you get out we walk out and i never remember we come out of the london station you're in london over in universal studios and you walk out and if you don't know you just walk in universal studios but you have to take a left and there's a brick wall and you disappear into diagon alley and I will not forget the first night we were there is nighttime. We walk into Diagon Alley like, oh, my goodness. If Wizarding World of Harry Potter was great, Diagon Alley is like another level. Like the um, I don't that. And to me, that Diagon Alley is the ultimate immersive experience because you're wow. so walled off from the rest of the park. There's no sight lines to other rides, other features, other attractions. There's that dragon on Green Goats that, that spits fire. There's all the shops. There's more wand shops. There's the leaky cauldron. It's all there. It's just, it's so cool and immersive. And it's, and my son, Wyatt, was with his friends. It was three days in the parks until he knew. I said, Have you been to Diagon Alley yet? He says, Where's that? He didn't know it was there. They had walked past wow. it multiple times, didn't even know it was there <laughs> until it's I told him, no, You got to go through the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. that, it's that realistic. And, um, right. and, Escape from Gringotts was there and, and getting into but getting into attractions. Uh, it's so much different and so much um, even even more immense and, and cooler than I remember. Um, they're now the top attraction. I think everybody's talking about is Velocicoaster in Jurassic Park. And I don't think I'd ever been to the Jurassic Park section. I haven't been there since Jurassic Park opened. So none of those rides I've done. There's the water ride. That's that's kind of the, the, the Jurassic Park cruise, which is incredible. And it's really good. They got. Did you get the, wet? I, I did, did but that get, one's not as bad. It's a boat, kind of like you're right. sitting five wide in a boat. So you get wet from like the from we got wet from the chest up, right? Or we weren't oh, okay. soaked like our shoes weren't soaked or anything. But it's right. like there's a okay. big drop, and you never know when it. You know it's coming, but every time you think it's coming, it doesn't. Right? It was my first time. It was just a really great ride. There's the pterodon flyers for kids, which is in like a little park where they can play. And just that's the that's the that's what only kids can do, right? No, I did it. Well, I could do it because I was with my kids. But you, right? I've seen that. That is one I looks so fun, but I've not it, had it anybody fun, young enough to do it. But it is a slow queue. Like it's a slow. Like it take. We got there in a short line. It still felt like it forever. Uh, but it was fun. And my my son lo- Judah was the only one that did it. He loved it. Loved it. And we played okay. in the park a little bit. But then Jurassic Park also has um, they there's what else is there? Well, Velocicoaster is the big one, right? Right. Um, 
And and John David, you said it best. Like it is it is the best roller coaster I've ever been on. In it terms was, of the thrill insane. ride, I did, yeah. the other I rode I've ridden Hulk before. I didn't on this trip, but I've ridden Hulk before. And I remember getting a little nauseous and having a headache after Hulk. Um, the the rock and rip it roller coaster. I, I always forget what it's called. The one in Universal Studios that goes up and that you pick your music when you ride it over there. Um, they have one of those in Universal Studios, which is intense and fast and awesome. But I remember too, like getting off, like oh my gosh, my head is killing me, <laughs> and, and it's just like you're it's- rattling so much you can't look around. It's just so intense. This one's intense. And it's smooth and it's fast and it's terrifying. All it's the things so you want in a roller coaster. And you get off and you yeah. can ride it right again, right? There's yeah. nothing like it. Nothing like it. The queue's amazing. The Chris Pratt interactions in the queue. It's like you stepped into a if they there was a real Jurassic Park with all the problems the movie has and all the dangers the movie presents, you're right there in the middle of it, right? There's the oh, I'd love to see dinosaurs, but this might be a problem if we start making dinosaurs. Like, oh, we're gonna have a ride with with in the carnivore section, right? We're gonna and oh wait, this went wrong, and now raptors are chasing you, and this is what it would be like. It's it's amazing. Like it's absolutely amazing. I think Wyatt wrote it probably half a dozen times. And to be honestly, I don't we we were um I saw the a couple times it hit like 70, 80 minutes. But most of the time we were there, the queue moved super fast. We didn't wait more than 45 minutes. I think it was like 35 minutes on and off. And most of the time it was a quick, really quick queue. They get them on and off. Isn't that funny? I wonder how it is like that. I mean, that was same with us. It was a 40-minute wait for us, and we were confused. We weren't expecting a great ride because we were like, we've been waiting, you know, an hour, an hour and a half all day, and we get on this Velocicoaster, and it's 45 minutes. And then it's the best ride ever. I wonder how they're able to get people in so quickly. Yeah, I, I don't know, but they, they figured it out, and that's the secret sauce because you could go there even when it, in busy times and you're not we're waiting an hour, which you know for theme parks, for the biggest ride in the park, that's, that's no time at all. And to be honest, I kind of, after five days, sort of appreciated not walking, right? So mm-hmm. just sit me down, just let me ease on into something. I could use an hour break from just yeah. walking through the park. And so that right. was great. Fantastic. And what I loved about it too, this is something, a little little tip. There's only one ride in Universal Studios that you have to be 54 inches or taller to ride, and that's Hulk because it has a shoulder strap, the shoulder harness. Mm. All the other roller coasters, including the Hollywood Rocket Roller Coaster, Velocicoaster, are 51 inch requirements, which means all of my kids got to ride Velo- Velocicoaster. Even my, my, at the time, six year old, he turned seven a few days ago, but um, he rode it and loved it. Like, it, cause wow. it has a lap bar, right? Yeah. So what you're talking about when you're in a lap bar, you feel like on that, some of those things that you're gonna just fly out of the seat, right? It's, it's amazing. And you're, yeah. are you holding when when you go? Are you holding on to your six year old, or are you trusting that you can't really you can't bar. really hold them? You know what I'm saying? You're just sort of like holding on for dear life yourself, and you don't know what's coming. I'm trying to like laugh and and like act like I'm not scared just to help out a little bit. But my my youngest was absolutely fearless. He wanted he was he cried because he couldn't ride the Hulk, right? Because he was That's too amazing. Short. When John uh, David was. So. When John David was little, when he was their age, I would be trying to ride and put my safety arm, you know, thinking that my arm was yeah. going to be more powerful yeah. than the. And he would be he's like, "Don't do that! It makes me, <laughs> yeah. it makes me this more nervous. nervous. You're ner- you make me know you're nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He if, knows I'm if, nervous, but I'm like, I always feel that that feeling like he's just going to slip out from under the bar. 
Yeah. Yeah. So if dad, if you, if the, the dad sitting next to you is basically saying, I'm scared, let me put my arm on you <laughs> to protect you, then that, think about how that makes you feel. Oh, if dad thinks we're going to die, maybe we're actually going to die. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and it was a consensus among our entire group that it's the not just the best, everybody pretty much to a person said, not just the best ride there, but the best roller coaster they've ever ridden. Would you, would you I'll like say that? that. I've heard oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. Well, Wyatt just said, no, no, no. Hagrid's, which is a great point. Okay. Great. So I actually agree with this. So the best thrill roller coaster I've ever ridden any park is Velocicoaster. But the funnest roller coaster I've ever ridden is Hagrid's. The most fun by far. Did you, John David, have you ridden Hagrid's? Yes. I want to oh. hear your take, though. What, oh. what made it the most fun? It, it Because, A, your queue, it, it's, it's a long yeah. wait. It's a, it yeah. is a long. Now, this is... It was routinely two and a half to three hours the entire time. We always were waiting to ride it until we saw it go down. It never went down. So the last day, we're finally, we waited till the last day to ride it. Because the last day, we're finally, all right, we're just getting in line and going. And it rained. So we were inside the queue, and we, thunderstorms kept shutting down. So we were three hours through a few things. But again, it was fine. But we finally got on it and totally understood. You're immersed completely from the time you walk in that front gate. You never see outside sight lines. You're in that forest. You see all sorts of interesting things. You walk into those ruins. Your queue is just incredible. You went on the caves. Then you get into a motorcycle with a sidecar, right? And you don't know what you're getting into. I mean, I don't know what I'm getting into. And then yeah. you, you start to go and you feel the rumble and the and all the, you know, the the sound from it. And it, it's so smooth and feels like you're on a magical motorcycle flying yeah. a little bit it never goes super high there's no like crazy roller coaster drops and you you speed up and you accelerate like a motorcycle would then you slow down and then it, it goes backwards at one point there's a couple i don't want to spoil it but there's a couple of points you're like what is what is about to happen am i about to get run into by the car behind me and then it does some things that no roller coaster's ever done like yeah. it it completely you, you don't see it coming like and you get done and you're like i cannot you see Fluffy and all these, you know, all of his beasts that are kind of through there. It's just so well done. And <laughs> yeah. and I didn't expect any of it. And to be perfectly honest, so it's kind of like Thunder Mountain at Disney World for me growing up was one mm. of my funnest. It wasn't as intense as mm -hmm. Space Mountain, but it was always just fun. Like I would just yeah. always be rolling my hands up and screaming and you could just have fun on the roller coaster. Right. This is another mm -hmm. level of fun. Right. And mm. um it's and it, it it's it's totally worth the wait. Um, honestly, my probably my two favorite rides at any theme park right now are those two: Hagrid's and Velocicoaster were the two newest roller coasters and attractions at Universal Studios. David, you it's worth the trip, and I would say to anybody, if you're going to Disney for a week, take a day, jump over there, and um, both of those are in Islands of Adventure. You got to at least do those. Yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to say you fired everybody up who's listening to this. To book a trip to Universal <laughs> right now. I gotta ask, did you ride? Were you in the the motorcycle or were you on the motor car? I was in the sidecar because my side kid. Want, um, um, I was with uh, Judah, and Judah wanted to ride the motorcycle. <laughs> so so uh, that, that's so fun. That but also I was with friends, and it just looks it, it, it 
it looks so goofy you getting to see people like on these motorcycles and then you look back at your friends and you see like their head pop up in the, in the little car <laughs> i wish they'd give you a little helmet like a little helmet yeah. to wear that'd be awesome yeah. too yeah uh, but i will say this i was in line there was five of us so we never all got to ride together like as somebody's always by themselves yeah um the lady that rode with my oldest son on that i asked her she she was a single rider and and she, she said, yeah, me and my husband, we always do single ride. It cuts the wait time in half. Mm-hmm, so right. um, she said consistently in half. So there's a tip, too, if you go and ride single rider sometime and you can get on a lot quicker. It is, that is an amazing. Uh, you've got to have people in your group that are willing to do it. We've uh, Our family's kind of split. We have some that won't do single rider. And so <laughs> we have to figure those things out. But. Yeah. But, t- but you, moving know, on. you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> not me, not if, me. If you're if you're listening, you know. No, John David is not. <laughs> That's he, awesome. We we we've done that. But yeah, going through Islands of there. Adventure, um, to the Marvel <laughs> section, what I love about it is there's there's a couple little tips on them that we didn't. <clears throat> it's built. It looks like the comic books, right? It's mm. or the old school Saturday morning cartoons. You know, it looks like right. that. And I appreciate that it doesn't look like the new Marvel Disney version because it's not supposed. I, I would it would feel off if it did. If you yeah. saw Robert Downey Jr. anywhere in the park, you just this is all wrong, right? Um, it's very much very cartoony, which I, I, I loved. And to be honest, if you ask my kids their favorite ride, Wyatt I think says Hagrid, my oldest, but um, and Velocicoaster. There, but I would say three of my kids would say Spider Man was their top favorite ride. Really? Uh, they yeah. wrote it. It's good. They, I think they probably wrote it six times. And yeah. that 4D, kind of the whole adventure and finding the Stan Lees hidden in there and, Dang, and all the Easter We need Easter to do eggs. that one. Oh, it's great. It's what a is, it? is it? A, you've done it before. You just We did it when we've been there before. Yeah, I didn't get to do it this last time, though. So, is, it, yeah. is it a track or how does it go? Yeah, there's a track. You're in, a, you're in like a, a cart and you have okay. 3D glasses, so it's part track. It's kind of like <coughs> Forbidden Journey in the sense that you have real um, things that are happening, real fire, real water, you know, real elements okay. and cars crashing and stuff like that. But then you have a screen <coughs> and yeah. and things that happen to the to your cart as you go and 3D elements as well. And the 3D is really, really done well, too. Um, mm. Yeah, my kids cool. absolutely love Spider-Man and would, would probably put it up there with Hagrid and Velocicoaster as their favorite ride. Wow, that's super cool. What yeah, a good time to have a w- Spider-Man ride. I wish you guys could have done the mummy, but that's down for refurbishment. But well, Spider-Man, when we when we did it, but when we our first big family trip to Universal was all about Harry Potter. But we, I, I definitely remember doing the mummy and doing Spider-Man. And well, the mummy's over in Universal. Like that. Uh, on yeah. the other in the other part, um, the other cool thing in. Um, in in the Marvel section that a lot of people don't know when it rained and stormed we found ourselves actually in the there you know there's a storm ride right um it's past mm-hmm. the Hulk by itself no a lot very few people know it's there because it's it's their teacups it's basically a teacup ride um mm-hmm. but it started storming and everything was closed down except the indoor rides so literally there was no line and my kids rode it probably seven or eight times in a row without getting That's sick a lot I of- might add that's a lot wow. of teacups. <laughs> yeah, and, and but it was open, and we just kept doing it. And so they did that. They loved it. Then we jumped on in, Spider-Man's an indoor ride, so we jumped on that. Um, the Marvel place is really cool. They have a comic book store and an arcade and and a, and a cafe. And yeah, and then the Hulk ride, of course, is kind of the centerpiece of that. Um, but that's a great land. 
Then, I know um, you told me that you, you guys, your kids love The Simpsons. They enjoyed that? Yep, that's that over in Universal Studios, too. Um, before we get there, man, I, I don't know. There's so much to talk about. But that they have this cartoon land. In, have okay. you, do you remember that run in Islands of Adventure? That kind yes, of like it's true. old school, like um, Beetle Bailey, um, um, Dudley Do-Right, Popeye, Popeye, Popeye. all that. Okay. And it's not really a kid's land. It's really kind of more for a – it's like – the, the rides are not – kids can ride the rides, but there's a log flume there, the Popeye ride, a bunch of – all the water rides are there, two big water mm. rides. And we rode both mm. of those. And let me tell you, this is something, too, I was not expecting because I had never ridden this before. But the Popeye ride um, is like a circle. You sit in the circle, and you go down the rapid river, right? First of all, it might be the best one of the – there's one at Bush Gardens. There's one at Kings Island. Does Disney have – they don't have a circle one like that, do they? Uh, they do. Holly River, Rapids, and Animal okay. Kingdom. There you yeah. go. Okay. I've never done that one. But of the ones I've done like that, this is the best. It's the fastest. Mm. And I will say this, you get drenched. There is nobody left on that ride that is not soaking wet to the to the core, right? It's not like you could, well, if you get the right chair, you may not get splashed too much. You are soaked. Yeah. Um, but that Popeye ride is a great ride. The log flume, the Dudley Do-Right one, um, we actually only two of us did that because they, they were all scared off the water rides. But me and yeah. Soren did it, and you have that big drop. It actually broke down on us while oh. we were about to do the drop. We literally are looking, bracing ourselves for the big drop, and it stops. <laughs> and we sit there for ten minutes, just <laughs> oh looking, just about yeah. any moment now we're gonna fall. Any moment now we're gonna fall. No way. And then all these other logs start building up behind us, and I start thinking, I wonder if this is safe. I wonder if we're all going to go at the same time. I wonder, you know, you start, you start thinking this isn't supposed to happen. You know what I mean? No. Did it ever go? Yeah. We ended up just right down. We ended up going. (laughs) Yeah. That, that ride, I don't, I can't remember the name of it. We did that one because it was the only thing with, again, like a less than an hour line. And I got drenched. I mean, you, I mean, when you compare that to Splash Mountain, like you said, Dustin, there's some of the Splash Mountain where it's like, oh, my hair got wet. Oh, you know, whatever. I got splashed on my leg. This ride literally completely drenched. You would you would do just a small dip, just a small little dip, and then a big puddle of water would just come all over you. And it was like, I can't do any do anything here, but just take it. Yep, totally. So if, if 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 you have a rain jacket or you had a poncho, would it would it even help? Yes, uh, it would have helped a little bit. You not get yeah. your like underwear wet, you know, but your yeah. shoes are going to get soaked. <laughs> You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, regardless. And we actually, that's another tip. Uh, y'all gave me some great tips, by the way, last time about what to take to this theme park. Uh, I ordered on Amazon, like, a whole bunch of, of cheap po- disposable ponchos, all different colors. Right. And so everybody had two or three of them. So on that day, we didn't wear them on the water ride. I don't know why. We didn't think. We just, I don't know why we didn't. We should have. Um, <laughs> but it's all, they're hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you start yeah, yeah, sweating yeah. through these things. So, um, and it was a nice day. Like we, it wasn't that big of a deal that you dry off pretty quickly, but it, it was great. That was a good, you could wear a poncho. A lot of people did. They put their ponchos on right before they got on the ride and mm. took them off when they got off. Not a bad idea. Um, there's one oh, other yeah. section in Islands of Adventure that I want to talk about. I forget what it's called, but they have this thing called Poseidon's Fury. Um, it's like, um, um, it's, it's a whole like, it's kind of a the attraction. We ended up doing it because it was a short wait. And it's kind of a tour through an archaeological site, and it's kind of a show. There are a couple really cool features in it that I, I was like, well, that was pretty neat. Like they have this water tunnel you walk through, and there's this show that takes place. But I will say it seems a little dated. 
and there's a live actor that kind of does the whole thing for you, that probably, I would say, if anything needs to be on the list for an update, it's that. Because you have the, it's a huge footprint in the park. Huge footprint. And um, it, it, it could be, what I was thinking the whole time is they need to buy the rights to DC Comics and make this all Aquaman. Like, just redo the entire thing. That could be really cool. But I will yeah. say this. There's a restaurant in that section of the park called Mythos that is fantastic. Fantastic. Reservation. It's the best meal I had. Even Three Broomsticks was fantastic. But the food at this, this is a full service kind of, you have a waiter and waitress and mm-hmm. you sit down and a little tip for everyone. And they might do this to get the parents in there. But the kids menu is uh, you know, they have their chicken fingers, they have their pizzas, whatever. But my kids got pizzas, um, which were full of handmade, you know, wood fire pizzas. Each of them got their own significant. They could barely eat all of it. Um, and it was $7.50 a kid. Like wow. half the price of a slice at the cafe, you know, down there. And we actually ate that and got our bill and we're like, very impressed. It was a great value. I had salmon on some black rice and my wife had some beef medallions, which were fantastic. It was a really good dining experience. It's beautiful. There's waterfalls. You're in a rock formation. Um, it's just a really great restaurant. So I highly recommend Mythos right there in that section by Poseidon's right. Fury. You you told me that earlier and I was trying to think. I can't remember a sit-down meal. Now, quick service, there are options like that, but in any of the sit down we order from a menu i don't think there's a ten dollar kids menu at disney i think it's more like 30 like if you go to be our guest you're going to pay 60 70 an adult and like 30 for a kid it was so impressive i would actually plan on that again like plan my kids snack breaks and meals around we're going to stop there at some point and, and, you know, and even if you, I mean, it, the, uh, the burger, we didn't get, we got actual plates, but they brought by these giant, you get a sandwich and the burgers are like $18, you know, it's 15 to $20 for sandwiches and, and a side and the plates, I think the salmon was like 26, $27, the, the beef medallion is like 30. So it's not like crazy, super, it's moderately priced anyway. You know, theme park, mm-hmm. moderately priced, but the kids menus right. are what, when I got three kids, I'm feeding you know, completely is, is a game changer. Oh, and a dollar ninety nine ice cream at the end for the kids. Dollar ninety nine, big bowl of vanilla or chocolate ice cream. Um, so you for ten bucks, you've got a, a, their own good sized pizza and an ice cream. And I think the Coke was like a Sprite was like I think we all drink water, but Sprite was like another do- two bucks. You know, something mm-hmm. along those yeah. lines. That's so pretty um, amazing. I highly recommend it. Great food, and I think it's won some awards and stuff too for theme park. Um, restaurants, but that's the islands of adventure experience for the most part. I definitely got to try. Were there any other um, that you can think of highlight snacks, desserts, restaurants, or any maybe even some don't do's that you can think of at the parks? Yes. So, and I've been kind of doing islands of adventure now. We can go to Universal here in a second, but <laughs> snacks. It, my kids fell in love with churros. Number one. Okay. Um, and they're nothing special about the churros, and they're a little expensive for churros, but churros always great. But in, in Universal Studios, and Wyatt's sitting over here whispering to me, um, the Lard Lad Donuts in Simpsons World, if you've never had a Lard Lad Donut. Lard Lad. So imagine Big Boy, you know, 
You got the big boy and it frishes, big boy or whatever you got. And it, this is the lard lad. It's the Simpsons versions of that. And wow. you have you have the the police chief. He's outside, you know, eating the donut, the whole nine yards. But the, they're these giant donuts. The big pink is the is the specialty, right? And it's this giant. Uh, like, I would say they're. It didn't take. It wasn't a cake donut. They were fluffy, right? But mm. there's this giant donut with pink icing and sprinkles on it, and it's enough for three people, right? Mm. But it's amazing. That's an amazing snack. Delicious. You got to try out. Um, that and and then of course the butter beer we did that we also went to um the um honey dukes and they got a chocolate frog you know and, oh, and yeah. uh oh, yeah. had the chocolate frog and and that was pretty anybody cool. do the anybody do the uh every flavor beans jelly no beans? we did not do that <laughs> we should have done that they didn't see that i think we had already spent all our money by that point so <laughs> yeah there's some bad ones in there you got to watch out for some um, but yeah, that was good. There also, I, I need to throw this in too. Islands of Adventure, that Skull Island, Skull Island ride, the King Kong ride, it's pretty cool. Like, it, yeah. it, it, the, the queue is like really, uh, and again, I would not recommend. It, everything is relative to how long you spend in line. You're like, is it worth mm-hmm. the wait or not? Yeah. And I rode. I we got right on it twice. Like you go later and you just jump on it. I mean, it, it was amazing. Like kind of, and, and for what it was, I really enjoyed it. And and um. At the end of the ride, I don't know if they've remade it or brought the old King Kong animatronics in, but you get to see that. And for me, having grown up with the old King Kong ride in the Universal Studios part, that was cool because I don't you don't just want the movie ride, you know, and not really I want to see the animatronics. I want to see him feel him breathe, feel like he could like eat me at any point. <laughs> and that you have that experience in there. Um, but it's really creative how they do it too. And having we wrote it twice. What I didn't realize is you're on a bus. You're kind of on a tour a bus, and they take you and you go into the Skull Island. You're going to check it out, and you know, uh, chaos ensues as you can imagine, and and King Kong ends up saving you from like T Rexes and stuff like that. But what I didn't realize was your your tour guide, the, who you hear, is different. It was different both times. They tell different jokes. They tell. Mm. I don't think it's a real person. I think it's pre-programmed. Um, but it was replay. Well, that was completely different experience than the first time. So that was something that's interesting okay. that I didn't know. But that's pretty much that. covers all of Islands of Adventure, and we're an hour <laughs> and five minutes into this. So I don't know. But but man, Universal was incredible too. Diagon Alley is the is kind of the 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 king, the kind of the the actual uh, the crown jewel of Universal Studios. Um, it actually makes the makes the park gives it that. Um, that uniqueness that you can't miss Universal Studios. I think up until then, you could probably make the argument if you're going to go to one of the two, Islands of Adventure probably takes the cake. But having Diagon Alley there now and Escape from Gringotts is a great ride. Did you get to do that, JD? Mm. No, so we went to um, Escape from Gringotts. That's at Universal Studios, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in Diagon Alley. So we we were we went to the other one. We went to Islands okay. of Adventure. So yeah. that, but that, we've done, pro- but we've done it before. It's just been yeah, a while. It broke, I think it broke down when we did it, but that was, I mean, so many years ago. I think I think it's broken down every time I've done it, like halfway through, like something glitches. But yeah, well, you're in but the so, mine so shaft, cool. and you go, and mm-hmm. I, I was there's a yeah. lot of stuff I wasn't expecting. I thought that was a great ride, but really, the ride it pales is not the feature. It's the the detail of Diagon Alley. But then you come out of there, you're in London, of course, in different parts of the park. You still got. Um, the Fast and the Furious, which you know we did, and it was fun. It's the old Earthquake ride that they've re- repurposed into Fast and Furious. And what's interesting is, you know, you go through, and I pulled up the other day Universal's top grossing movies. 
it goes right down the list. It's fast and few. It's Harry Potter. You know, that's Warner Brothers. Mm. But this is not yeah. technically him. But uh, Men in Black, Jurassic Park, um, uh, Fast and the Furious, <laughs> and then you start wondering, well, why does the Mummy have a ride? Well, the Mummy's next. Like they, it's just mm. right down the list of their highest grossing properties, and they all have a Kong is in there, uh, the Rise of Kong. So it's pretty interesting. But Fast and Furious, I thought was a lot of fun, but I only waited in line ten minutes for it. So. Um, you know, had I waited two hours for it, I'd probably been like, oh, I, you know, I could have skipped this. Um, moving on to Men in Black, I actually, um, we did it once and then we did it again. And I actually watched a YouTube video about how to get my, and I got almost a 500,000 score on it. Uh, I haven't maxed oh it out yet, but I, I figured out some secrets of what to do to get your score up on there. It was a lot of fun. And then The Simpsons Land, let me tell you, uh, I think that was another one of my kids' favorite was The Simpsons Ride. Which used to be again. I like this as an old school guy. Back to the Future used to be the Back to the Future ride, which I rode over and over and over again as a kid. My favorite ride. And there's still a DeLorean and Doc Brown's locomotive in that section of the park that you can still mm-hmm. see and pay, take photos with. But it's the same ride. It's the same structure. It's the same format. You're in a cart. Just instead of a DeLorean, you're in some sort of like crusty mobile or whatever. And it's a gr- still. A great ride theme for the Simpsons. It's funny. The queue um, is great where they go over the safety precautions. It makes you laugh. Um, the whole thing is fantastic. And then you get another thing. I wouldn't like say the food there is like can't miss as far as cuisine. But the idea that you get a crusty Burger and you could get a Flaming Moe's. You know, um, and you could you could kind of again the lard lad donut. It's just so cool. And if you like the Simpsons, and my, my oldest son is a big Simpsons fan, I think he's seen every episode from all thirty two seasons. Um, wow, it was wow. really cool, and you can see like little <laughs> Easter eggs. If you know the show, you see like uh, obscure characters throughout the, that part of the park. It was it was fantastic. I get to really they have so cool. carnival rides set up that are themed and and or carnival games I should say set up outside that are based on Bart and his catchphrases and sayings that's it's really really cool really enjoyed that um et wow, is still awesome. there et is still a classic it was there day one i've ridden it so many times and got to ride it with my kids and um their feedback was i was curious to see what they would think because it hasn't changed at all like it's the same ride and uh, again i didn't have to wait i went right kind of as the park was closing one night last hour same strategy you guys had for disney is you can ride more in the last hour of the park than you do all day sometimes we drove the the train over, hit Men in Black, hit the Simpsons ride, um, hit E.T. and Minions in the last hour. All four of those wow. things. Bam, bam, bam. Oh my. And That's impressive. we enjoyed E.T. And I was very curious to see how my kids would think. And after having done Velocicoaster and ha- all the other stuff, would they kind of be like, this is dumb. But it was, I think they said they enjoyed it. I had one bit of feedback from my 10-year-old was, I wish it was just a little bit faster. I wish you went, then when you went on that one drop, it just sort of went a little faster. I said, well, then you'd have to have a bigger restraint system and you're on a bike, right? And, uh, right. And, but it was cool. And, but you, they don't really know ET like we, like I, people my age do, like David and I probably would. So they don't know that I had to kind of explain the story to them. Um, but it is so elaborate. Like you're in the forest and you get the passport and you're saving ET. And then I had to explain to them kind of how the story went. So they knew why, why are we now in, in like another planet? We were, doing this and then we start flying now we're on another planet like i had to explain to them what happened but i think they enjoyed it it was kind of cool and then we did minions we ended up with minions which is all, uh, i think they thoroughly enjoyed it. it used to be the flintstones and it's just another kids ride and you're in a big room with a lot of people and it's a motion ride and it's funny and 
I, I really, really enjoyed that. I think they did a good job with that. Another cool ride there is the Jimmy Fallon race through New York. Um, I didn't have high hopes for that. That used to be Ghostbusters. And I was kind of like, oh, this is going to, but it's something to do. And I like to do everything. I want to try everything out, but it surpassed expectations. Again, and there's another motion ride, but your queue, you have like some games you can play. Kids can play like games on these tables. And then they have like a band set up that do like tonight show esque, like a live band. Um, or the, well, not a band with instruments, the five guys that sing and perform in front of you while you're waiting in the queue. And then they call your, mm-hmm. your, um, your color and you go into the studio and then you're there with Jimmy Fallon and, and you're, it's kind of like you're, you're live. Then you ra- do his racing thing where they race through New York and it's kind of cool. It's written. They see little, yeah. little Easter eggs and stuff too. My kids like that a lot. That's super cool. I want to hear about this yeah, water park experience. Oh, dude, we haven't talked about I, Volcano we Bay. About this <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea anything about Volcano Bay. Do you want to like? Do you want to stop? Let's stop here. I think and we and, okay. And, we can do it. On, yeah, okay. But in the next episode, we'll leave leave a cliffhanger. There's probably a few. I, I got actually. I wanted to tell you guys all the things you told me last week <laughs> and what I use. And I also I got a lot to t- say about that water park. Like it's okay. great. It, there's some well, really okay. cool stuff there. Um, that's that's not, I've never experienced in a water park before. So let's let's kind of wrap this up here. And if that's cool with you guys, you maybe if if you're yeah. not, I don't want. I'm not yeah. boring you guys. Am I? I'm no, this, you, no. Let me ask, we also let me, let me ask one question yeah. before we wrap it up because I've been dying to ask because it seems like you had a great time and you had a great span of time to do everything. Looking back at it again, it just seems like it's been overall super positive, super great. If there was anything, if anything, that you could have done differently or anything you could have told yourself before going, what was it? What would you have done differently? That's a, that's a great question. I would have planned meals a little better. Um, okay. I also would have, would have jumped on, if I'd have known how awesome Hagrid was, I would have jumped on that. Let me just mm. say, if you, if you see it under 100 minutes, just get in line. That's, that's, a, that's, that's the best you're going to get. Okay. I actually saw it under 80 minutes our first day. Um, the other thing is um, uh, that really take advantage. I would have gone slower the first couple of days, like just mm-hmm. not pushed as hard. Um, in the middle of the afternoon, just go sit down and, and eat. Just okay to sit down and do nothing. Matter of fact, you probably should. And because you'll get more done in the last two hours than you will. And you don't want to be so we had our, our group of middle kind of middle school and high schoolers one or two nights here like we're ready to go at seven o'clock. We're too tired. Let's go. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, we're not we're not going. But we did a couple of <laughs> you, you you wear everybody out like and they're not enjoying it anymore. And sometimes in, in there, what I noticed with them is not seasoned theme park goers. They're running to all their favorite rides they're not necessarily spending time being strategic about what they're doing. So they're, they're walking and are running more per ride and they're wearing themselves out a lot quicker. And they're also mm-hmm. not taking full advantage of, you know, let's just sit around and do nothing for a couple hours. Well, I'll tell you what, the last day it rained and they went and saw movies. They went out to city walk and they saw Morbius and oh, then it rained a little, when it was raining a little more, they kind of timed it perfectly actually. Cause everything was yeah. closed down. And they they stayed till that night. They stayed and really did. They did Hagrid's and Velocicoaster in the last hour. Like it, they did a bunch of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So they took advantage of it. So now having been gone back, I would just be a little more strategic and I'd take more breaks and I would slow down the first two days. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that that's something to remember. Whether you're at Universal or at Disney, if you've got five days. 
don't don't run the first two like you only have two. It's a different pace if you only have two. But if you've got the five days and you had a water park break in the middle too, that uh, you you need to you need to space things out. Just make sure that you prioritize your things like Hagrid's and Velocicoaster or at Disney, whatever those those rides are, so that you don't end up at the at the last, not making not making the cut. I will say the best decision we made was buying that stroller. Um, mm. Even though my t- my kids are older than that, all of my kids took turns in it. Even my ten year old, I even sat in it a couple of times. I just <laughs> sat down in it. You know, it, it, it was bit, you know as a jogger. And honestly, you don't the backpack thing is a was a great a great thing too. And we had that and used that and kept the wands in it. But the stroller to keep all your stuff in to bypass lockers. And just not have mm-hmm. to worry about stuff like that was even better. Now our valuables, there's a couple of like Velocicoaster that you go through metal detectors. Like you have to put your cell phone and your keys and your wallet, yeah. that kind of stuff in there. But on, that's only a couple of rides like Hulk, Velocicoaster and the the rock and roll. Everything else you can still carry your cell phone on. Um, and that's really cool. I'm glad we had the uh, – and, and keeping all of our ponchos and, and snacks and souvenir cups and – you know, that stuff can get just a pain in the butt to keep up with. And just to be able to um, to have a place to kind of push all that around, a cart to push all that around is is, is really right. invaluable. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, like, good. even maybe, J.D., I would recommend just get a baby doll. Well, and- honestly, <laughs> I was already thinking that. I was already like, wow, that's brilliant. I can't even think about that because that was such a, uh, a slow-down thing for us. Every time we wanted to ride a ride, having to – fight for a locker and throw a backpack in there. So I was like, man, is there a way I could get like a pop-up stroller and just yeah. put my backpack in and tuck it in and just leave it? I mean, that the other thing is on covered the up with a blanket. They'll, th- <laughs> they'll think it's yeah, a baby well, in there. <laughs> and honestly, like if you have one, um, again, if you're just using it to, to keep your stuff in, you just park it in the stroller thing. It's not no different, but I yeah. will say going across the train, having the stroller saved us probably 10 minutes both ways. Because mm. you go up the elevator, which you you avoid all the staircase uh, line, um, which wow. probably got us ten minutes, got a, a little bit ahead. Um, so there's something to think about too. Wow, that's good. The other thing, John David, you could get is a is a real baby. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. oh no! Oh no! I'm kidding. Not, Your not mom quite. would kill me. I take it back. Your mom would kill me. No. <laughs> Well, I will say, you know, it's interesting. You go with an infant, it's a whole different experience than when you go with a toddler. Um, Mm -hmm. When they can run, because I remember that, David, you probably say the same thing. Like, when they can't get away from you, that's that's one thing. When they're now old enough to wander away, that's another thing, right? So there's different, different strategies for different stages of life. And actually, this trip was the first time all of my kids could ride pretty much everything and wanted to. Right. So it's a complete it was just it was a great time. And our group that to the person, everyone in our group, I think, enjoyed it and said it was a great trip. And uh, we're happy to do it. And I can't wait to tell you about the water park, too. I got some water park tips and I got some things volcano Bay specific. Um, I want to talk. Right. to you about. And uh, and <laughs> one of these days we got to talk about the new epic adventure land that they're building um, yeah. across the way, which is. It, on the rainy day, I actually started watching YouTube videos about what they're expected to have there. Man, it's it's gonna be something else. Well, let's do That's it. Awesome. All right. Well, JD, you're you're gonna you've got a lot of uh, to give us your Magic Kingdom day. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Report. You've got a you've got a you've got a big uh, 
measure here that you got to live up to. I hope I hope it was as good as this trip. Well, that's the thing. While we're brainstorming episodes, idea it would be great to do a a comparison Universal to Disney today. I guess we're gonna have to plan another trip to Universal so I can better <laughs> take notes. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting? In standing in line, I talked to a few people who had had you know who had kids or didn't have kids different that had yeah. talked about both parks and why they were there and what they liked better about each one. We had some really good conversations in some lines about those things. That that would be a great episode of comparing the two parks and kind of well, who they're good for. Yeah, and I'm what so good glad for. you. I'm so glad you got to go and you know we this is why I love Disney podcasts we talk about Disney primarily but you know when Disney when Disney cre- created Disneyland I mean he wanted a theme park for the family and there were there were amusement parks there were roller coaster parks and places you could go um, and what's been really fun over the past few years is watching Universal it's not just a roller coaster park it's 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 becoming so immersive and so fun I mean they they scored big with getting the Harry Potter franchise. That's just a game changer. But what they've done with it has, I mean, it's going to affect everything Disney does in a good way. I mean, it's good competition. We get good uh, competition going between parks like that. It's just going to be better and better. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad they do Velocicoaster and Hagrid's roller coaster because it, Disney has to go to the next level. It keeps the yeah, competition yeah. fresh. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy at Epcot, and man, I hope it has, I hope it has all the bling and and whistles that that yeah. those two rides have. Because if it doesn't, you know, people are going to be like, meh, you know, it's 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 a lot of pressure, which is good. That's what yeah. that's what competition's about. It's gonna make it's gonna make everybody better. Absolutely, yeah. I can yeah. and honestly, now that I've experienced Harry Potter um, again. And Diagon Alley uh, actually makes me want to go see Galaxy's Edge even more. I've still never been to Galaxy's Edge, um, right? It, and even even the Avatar section of of Animal Kingdom, I've never been there either. And that's um, amazing. Bo- both of those things, I just I, I want to experience all the immersive parts um, at, at at Disney that I haven't hit yet. So it's kind of awakened. Kind of how can I get there? How can I go see this? Because it, not really to compare, but if it's just as as detailed and as immersive, it's just a great experience. You just kind of are transported, and and right. it's a, it's a little bit of escapism. It's just so much fun, especially if you're kind of nerdy like us, and you grew up with this stuff, and you love the storytelling, and you love all the all the you know. I know we get we geek out on some of the imagineering and some of the technology, like how in the world do they think they think of this, or how do they pull this off, or how do they do this? Um, you kind of all of those things are engaged when you're kind of walking through there. And um, it's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing to me that I could be in Orlando, Florida. Now Disney seems a little different because it has all that land and they seem more better equipped to hide you and immerse you. But that universal could pull that off on such what I feel is like such a small plot of land in the middle of the city with hotels all around it. Kind of like more like Disneyland, probably in California that they're able to do that, it re- blows my mind. Um, that Hagrid yeah. and Harry Potter were like, that I can't see out of it is ridiculous to me. Like, incredible. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I am, awesome. I am dying to get back down there. These, these are, those are the two attractions that Universal I have not done. So I've got JD, I'm coming. You got to get good. a day off. Let's make it happen. <laughs> awesome. I'm free next week. 
Well, guys, hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks for your time once again. I can't wait to do this real quick. We got, um, we got, we got to talk about Volcano Bay. We got to talk about da- yeah. John David's trip to Disney. Um, David, I-, I sent you a podcast. There's a podcast by a guy named um, Ben Wilson called um, "How to Take Over the World," where he analyzes different um, huge historical figures and how they contributed to changing the world. And he did have several parts. He's doing several parts on Walt Disney, which I've been yeah, listening listen. to. Oh yeah. man, it's fantastic. And and part of what we're talking about here is goes to his kind of imagination and the spirit of Walt Disney that he was just wouldn't settle for what we know now in immersive theme parks. He dreamed up. It happened because of him. And um, yeah. and I'd love to talk to you about I, that some too. I th- I think it would be a fun podcast to talk about. One of the things I liked about I listened to it, uh, the two parts that are out so far. He's using the Neil. I've heard some people say Gabler, some people say Gabler. I'm not sure how he pronounces his last name, but it's the the newest mega biography on Disney, and I it's great. I love that. I love that book for its information, but I'm I wasn't sure that I agreed with all of his his motivations, like why Disney did did what he did. You know, it's a lot of baggage from his childhood with his father. That it was, you know, I'm not sure that. that you can write that kind of thing when you didn't know the person. But uh, what I liked about this guy's perspective is he didn't go into all that, but he just looked at some of Walt's qualities and why he was a what made him uh, a, an an effective leader, what made him an icon in entertainment. What did he do? I mean, and they compared him a lot to Steve Jobs. There yeah. was a lot of comparison between those two people, but uh, it was really good, and I, I think I enjoyed those. Uh, his optimism, things like that, that he brought out that were really good. And uh, yeah, we should talk about it. That, and we got more Moon Knight episodes to talk about. Lots to talk about. Man, so many so many reasons why we love Disney. Um, thank you all for listening. We would love it if you've enjoyed the podcast. Even if you don't enjoy the podcast, it'd still mean <laughs> a lot to us if you gave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Music. That would go a long way in helping us Uh, reach more ears more mouse ears out there listening to us Um, let us know why you love disney have you been to universal recently have you ridden the velocicoaster or hagrid's motorbike adventure what are your thoughts on on the way things are going and the things they're building let us know you can reach us at whyilovedisney.com on instagram and twitter thank you for your time guys until next time real soon talk to you later how's it going thanks guys